Hello, and welcome to the Harrisburg Brethren in Christ sermon series. Yasas, Kalos Irthates do Harrisburg Adelfuse Cristo, where our vision is to be a thriving, diverse urban church, sharing Christ's love and serving the needs of our local and global communities. Here's an example of what you'll hear. If God was powerful enough to raise Jesus from the dead, he's powerful enough to break these chains of addiction on me. He's powerful enough to break the generational curses in my family. He is powerful enough to stop the senseless violence in Harrisburg. I'm telling you this morning the incredible truth that Jesus Christ is crazy about you. Helping each other to experience God's love, God's power, God's healing. Helping to change one another's lives. Church can continue to be a place, or church can continue to become a people, my people. Let's pray. And now, here's this week's sermon. I hope that it speaks to your heart. Today I'm reading from uh, 1 John chapter 1, the first four verses. Starting with verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this, to make our, write this to make our joy complete. At the heart of Christmas, of course, is this incredible truth, the truth of the incarnation. And a lot of things that John was getting at in the Gospel of John, the first chapter, he makes even more concrete in his first epistle. We celebrate the truth that God became flesh and bone and skin and nerve endings and blood cells and he dwelt among us. Emmanuel came, God with us, so that God could be in us. John gets even more personal, as I said, in writing what he wrote today. He writes, that which we have heard, which we saw with our own eyes, which we looked at and our hands touched, this man was God's ultimate revelation of himself walking around. He was the word of life. We saw God in human form. We saw his love, his humility, his wisdom, his heart. We did not see, John says, some abstraction or mainly some high set of ideals. We saw someone who talked to us and touched us and held us. God got local, as local as you can get. The infinite became a finite human being. Unmanageable greatness, unimaginable greatness was merged with a human embryo and was born nine months later. He who created the stars and flung planets into being became a baby. In Christ, before he was done, we saw God with us, God walking among us, God speaking to us, God teaching us, God healing us, God delivering us, God forgiving us, and God raising us up. In Jesus, we see nothing less than the heart of God. Bishop Ellis Finger once told of a first grade teacher who was having a horrible day. It had rained all day, and her large class of 37 first graders had been cooped up in a small classroom. Having had no recess because it was raining, the children were going wild. 
The teacher could not get them calmed down. There had been one problem after another all day long, and the teacher was beside herself and even more anxious than the children were for the three o'clock bell to ring at the end of the day. At a quarter till three, the teacher noticed that it was still pouring outside. So she began the arduous task of getting the right raincoats, the right rain hats, and the right boots on the right children, all 37 of them. Finally, she had them all ready to go home except for one little boy. He had a pair of boots that were just impossible to get on. No zippers, no snaps, no hooks, no buttons. They had to be pulled on with great effort. The teacher pushed and pulled, yanked and tugged until finally the boots slipped on. She was wet with sweat but relieved. But then the little boy said, teacher, you know what? These boots aren't mine. The teacher wanted to scream, but she didn't because she had Jesus in her. She said a quick prayer, took a deep breath, pushed the hair back out of her face, and began the difficult process of getting the boots back off the little boy. She pulled and jerked, yanked and tugged until finally the boots came off. And after they were off, the little boy said, you know what? These boots are my sister's, but she sometimes lets me wear them to school like today. I'm glad to say that little boy is still alive. That teacher is not in prison. Jesus saved both of them that day. Aren't you glad Jesus loves us just as we are? Because if not, all of us are doomed. Jesus came loving, not condemning. He came gracing, not punishing. He loved us, not only while we were sinners, he loved us before we even knew he existed. Jesus loved us from before the creation of the world, it is written. He loved us and knew us in our mother's womb, it says in the Psalms. Every feature, every strand of DNA. He came for us long before we knew him. He loved us even in our ignorance. From the foundation of the world, he was planning our salvation. He was planning a trip to Bethlehem. And he loves us totally now. You may not know him. But he knows you totally and loves you totally. The only question for us is do we receive what he brought to this world that night in Bethlehem? I want you to pay attention to something in verse 2 here. It says, the life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Did you, there's a subtlety here, but don't miss it. What John is saying is that eternal life is not a doctrine that you believe. Eternal life is not something you achieve. Eternal life is not even something Jesus is doling out. Eternal life is Jesus himself, is what John is saying. Every other religion has a founder that points to eternal life. But John says eternal life is in knowing Jesus, period. He is our salvation. He is our life. He is our forgiveness. He is the love our hearts were made for. We, when we are saved by Jesus, become one with Jesus in love and in spirit. That is our salvation. It is not works or effort or anything we can do. 
Christmas should remind us that our salvation is something God created and gives us freely, not something we achieve. We either receive him by faith or we don't. We either live our lives in him or in ourselves. Salvation is a person. Clinging to that person, following him is what saves us. It is nothing more complicated than that. And if we are one with him, it changes us. It transforms us. The Lord, the creator of this universe, moves in with us. We become his temple. Timothy Keller said, wrote that, he said, when we lived in Philadelphia, we bought a home on the side of a hill. In fact, the whole community there was originally called Hillside. We noticed that no matter how hot and dry the weather got in the summer, it was always cool in our basement. We wondered about it until one of the longtime residents of the neighborhood told us that there was a subterranean stream of water that ran down the side of the mountain just under the foundations of our home. By the way, we have that here too. When it rains and stuff, there's a subterranean river that runs and pops up here, and we're just so thankful. <laughs> and he said, even when there was drought and agonizing heat, in our basement, it was always cool and comfortable. Psalm 1 uses the same image to describe the godly man or woman who is like a tree planted by the river who is not dependent on rainwater because the roots go down. It doesn't matter what happens on the surface. The roots are deep. Jesus said that if we believe in him, if we bond our lives with him, that out of our bellies, out of our innermost being will come rivers of living water. If you are in Christ, I have wonderful news for you today. Eternal life flows through you right now. Not, not when you get to heaven. Right now. Absolute love runs through you like a subterranean river right now. Christ lives in you, inhabits you. His spirit is in you. And it makes all kinds of things possible that were not possible before. Prayer and worship and Bible study are not to save us, but to help us lower a bucket into the river of grace and love running right through the center of our souls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to get God to show up. He showed up. He's already, if you're in him, he's already living there. The point, it's not whether he's connecting with us. It's, are we connecting with him? We are here celebrating that God in us is giving us life and power we would never have on our own. And our job is to connect with the Spirit of God inside of us and see what he's up to. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Christ came. But the good news is he's coming. And Christ lives now in the deepest recesses of every Christian's heart Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Merry Christmas. Because the Christ of Bethlehem now lives in Harrisburg and in you and me and in two billion other people. And he's not nearly done yet. Hallelujah. I say it again to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.